All right. This is the Path to Moonus podcast. I am Ryan Feldman. I am joined by Nick Drosos. Drosos, yeah. Drosos. And uh, before I even begin to explain who you are, I'm going to go ahead and let you just go ahead and tell everyone who you are. Um, I'm uh, from Montreal, Canada. Um, my parents are originally from Greece. Um, I was born here. Um, I studied, uh, you know, I grew up in Montreal Park X, a more, I, I hate saying lower or poor class, but that's really what it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was a kid with braces, skinny, picked on, bullied. And when I turned about nine or 10, I was tired of getting my ass kicked. So I went to learn martial arts. I started with Kung Fu. And then I started, you know, standing up for myself and I started learning how to fight and protect myself because back then, you know, our parents were not like, you know, my parents really, when you got home and you got a beating, it was like, you know, what happened? I got a beating. So what? You know, like, what are you coming to me for? You know, it's your problem, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. No, I, I, um, I'm a little bit younger than you, but I grew up just barely before things started getting soft. So I, I know where you're coming from. My parents were the same way. And, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where if, if something was going wrong, they were like, hey, you, you have to handle your own problems in your, in your own way, right? Yeah. And um, I don't remember how old I was. I was probably a little younger, but somewhere around seven, I also started uh, doing Taekwondo. Okay, cool. Um, but I wasn't the tiny kid. I, I was a little bigger, uh, but at the same time, I was kind of nerdy. So okay. I, I still got kind of picked on a little bit. So I, I understand where you're coming from. So, so go on. Let's go on. It's crazy because I always thought, like, I mean, I had the braces with the headgear. <laughs> and I was really, like, picked on a lot. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. I started learning how to defend myself. And I started learning martial arts. Uh, then, uh, you know, I, I got I, – I went to a school that was very multicultural where it was really, like, you know, pretty, pretty shitty experience in high school yeah uh plus uh you know i grew up in a pretty you know a little bit i hate talking about it i don't talk much about it but a dysfunctional home right yeah. where there was yeah. emotional psychological and physical abuse you know and uh so from a young age I, I learned how to like you know stand up for myself and then at 16 uh i got kicked out of high school so I, i'm a high school job but i've never finished high school till today what made you um, get kicked out of high school? What happened? Well, it's because I was going to turn 18 before I went to high school, before I would okay. finish. So at 16, they sent me to an adult school. Oh, no. And I, I later on was diagnosed because I wanted to go back to school. I was diagnosed with ADHD and minor dyslexia. Okay. And at, at basically 16, I was kind of on my own. I was working. I dropped out of high school. I was working at McDonald's from 5 to 11. Uh, you know, I was delivering the paper in the morning, going to school and working at McDonald's and I just dropped out of school and I've been on my own ever since. Right. I, I left the house a couple of years later. Uh, then I was like, fuck, I don't have a high school education. The fuck am I going to do in my life? I had, you know, I packed my stuff. I told my parents, you know, I'm out, I'm gone. I'm, you know, figure shit out on my own. And then, uh, I started working in nightclubs. I was promoting, and then I started bouncing and doing security in them. Okay. 
And this is where I, I started learning a lot of what works in real life and what works in theory and, and being in these real situations where you're being confronted with real attacks. We start, I started learning, you know, how to, you know, what really works and what, what, what you need to learn to defend yourself and as well the right. mindset and the importance of empowering yourself through it. And later on, I, um, you know, I, I worked in clubs and bars. And then I was like, I met my ex-wife, said, okay, let me settle down, get married, have the kids, get a regular job. I wanted to shoot myself in the head because I was fucking miserable. And uh, I was working at a hospital. I was, I, was, uh, I was working in maintenance. I hated my job, waking every day, doing the same thing over and over. Yet I had this talent and this gift of teaching and, and training because I, I never stopped it. And about 10 years ago, I decided to open my business. And I decided to, you know, go on YouTube and open a YouTube channel and say, fuck it, I'm just going to start teaching online. Right. And then from there, I said, shit, I'm going to open my own personal training business. And then one thing after another led to where I am today. Then I got divorced lost half my shit or all my shit slept yeah. in a one bedroom it just keeps going man i'm, I'm actually telling you the quick version <laughs> no this, this sounds familiar i um I, I grew up doing some karate um my life was pretty good I, I i grew up pretty good but i also had i had a similar uh experience where i went through a divorce and my life kind of started falling apart and um i don't know i don't i don't know how, I don't know if I ever want to say I was suicidal, but like I definitely got down. You know, I, I, I you know what? We 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 probably like I mean, I know for me, yeah. Um I, I, I it's weird because I have a problem saying it when I do know people and I, I did go through that phase at 23, 24 where I yeah. was before I met my ex-wife cuz at one point I just my whole life crashed when I hit yep. rock bottom. I think that's very common, by the way. I think a lot of people yeah. like ignore how you get lost. You know what you're doing. You're you're down. There's like, especially if you went to college. I think college is this really fun time. And then you get after you graduate from college and you get lost. And you don't know what you're doing, and your friends aren't there, and it's it's a very confusing and a very scary time. And if things don't kind of go right for you, it's yeah. very easy to get upset and down. Just that, that that's a tough age for anybody. It, it is. It is on that. Like, I mean, I always, I always go back, like I'm going to be 43 next week. Right. And, yeah. and it's funny because I train a 22, 23 year old and I thinking, holy shit, what the fuck did I know at that age? <laughs> Nothing. What, yeah. What did I know? I thought yeah. I knew everything. I was this, oh, I get you it. Know, uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I mean, I only found, and I say this honestly, I only found like a purpose and, and happiness and content and fulfillment in my life. The whole only a couple of years ago, man, that I That's, really felt that, that I'm aligned with, with you know who I am and where I'm going, and That's it's the amazing. greatest feeling. It's 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 a feeling of peace. Right. Well, let's let's back it up a little bit. So, um, your parents kick you out of the house, right? Uh, well, they, you left the house. <laughs> it, it was kind of like a fifty-fifty, right? Like I mean, right. when you're when you're in an abusive home, you're like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, people say, well, that's all they knew. That's where they came from. And they did better than their parents. Um, yes and no. But, you know, what I mean, I, I don't use that excuse for my son. So okay. I, I believe it's a cop-out when I hear that shit. 
but uh, certain the, things are they, common sense, eh? They beat you up. They made you, they made your life rough, and 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 you decided yeah. to find a better way. That's right. And you know, sometimes I try to give them credit that you know, hey, that's all they knew, and yeah, they had a much shittier life than I did. But um, but I, I, I always say at the end, you know, we are a product of our choices. You know what I mean? Right. That's all it is. So, uh, so, you can't blame anybody but yourself for what you do. You know, so right. Um, so so what was that first night like? When, when you left and, and you're on your own and you, I mean, you're still a kid, you know, it, it, it was, I remember it was scary. It was scary yeah. as well, knowing that I didn't have the high school education. I had nothing until right. today. I don't like my girlfriend tells me, maybe she, you know, go back to school. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I'd go do in school. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love psychology and therapy. Cause I, I spent like, and I say it openly, I spent 15 years right. in therapy with a coach because I was very self-destructive as a child because I was so angry all the time. Yeah. And I really found myself in the last 15 years working with her and peeling everything off and finding and making peace with all my past and saying, I always tell people I wouldn't change a single thing because I am the person yeah. I am because of these. I, my resilience, my strength, my, my survival, my fight in yeah. out in the street and life comes well, from that source yeah and then you start wondering you know if if you hadn't gone through these hardships what kind of a person would you have become right you know what it's it's so true and people who know me and like i mean i'm, I'm giving you the soft side of my story because right. there's there's a, there's and i'm writing a book in a couple of years because there's stuff we you know with my sister we've kind of made an agreement not to share you know like our personal stuff because it's just too much for yeah. for all of us and um i understand that but but yeah. but i look at sometimes at my son right and there's no urgency he's 11 years old he, he there's no urgency he's not worried about if there's food in the fridge yeah. he doesn't have to you know he's not 13 years old and your dad yeah. tells you right you're gonna start working from four to eight and you're gonna be washing <laughs> buildings with me you're 13 years old and you're washing toilets monday to friday and you go to school right and he doesn't give yeah. two fucks yeah right? and and all that to me was 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 like just were lessons, life lessons that made me stronger, resilient, more fearless. Exactly. I'm not afraid of. I can't say I'm not afraid of anything, but very little things scare well, me or do anything to me now. That that resonates with me because um, I I grew up with a pretty soft life overall. My my parents are great. They they raised me to be you know a good person, but like I grew up with a silver spoon. So when things started going wrong, it was jarring. And, you know, at the time, it seemed really confusing going through it. So, like, my first semester in college, I almost flunked out. And then I recently went through a really rough divorce where my ex-wife was on drugs. And, and these were like incredibly hard to deal with situations. And at the time, it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. But then I look back on both those moments, and I'm, like, stunned at how much they – shaped me into the person I am today. So when you say that you're proud of who you are today and you don't want to change anything, it, it resonates with me. I understand where you're coming from. That, that's, that's how we built our character. Yeah. Through these moments. And I, I, like, it's really funny, right? I, I have a friend of mine who's had the most amazing life. Right. The greatest parents. His parents were millionaires. He wanted something. He got a car. Whatever he wanted. He's miserable and he's unhappy. Yeah. And he realizes today, because he's had life so easy, 
any little bump, yeah. it shakes the whole world off him. Exactly. He is unable to deal with the reality of life because your parents, society, everybody's only going to be able to protect you and be soft with you for so long. At some point, shit is going to hit the fan for you. Yeah. And yeah. you're better off learning when you're at a young age how to deal with these little problems. They say small kids, small problem, big kids, big problems. Right. Well, those little moments, and I, I, I'm very rough with my son. I'm very loving as a father. I'm, I give my son extreme love, the love I never got from my father, zero. Like my father never told me he loved me, never played with me. I feared the man when he used to walk in the house, right? Because we never knew what was walking in. I'm the complete opposite with my son. But there's also a side where, you know, I let him know that, you know, shit's not going to, you know, daddy, you like, it's not fair. I go, get used to it. Life is not yeah. fair. Get used <laughs> to it. Right. I go, nobody gives a shit about your feelings. Well, what yeah. do you mean? Well, that's what it is. I know people tell you you're great at what you do. Like if he does something, but I go, you're not that great. You're okay. You need to work on it. <laughs> it and it's true. And I think people need that reality check. And, and I wish more people would share that because, you know, the way, the way the millennial generation was raised and I know people like to shit on the millennials, but like, you know, I was one of the older millennials. So I, I felt like I had like a little bit of that realistic side of me still. And I had older brothers. They kind of toughened me up a little bit. They gave me some of that honest truth that we need to hear. But like, uh, the way we were raised was like, life is great. You're special. You guys are gonna be the best thing ever oh my until we were in, until we were graduating college and then they're like, good luck. And it's like, good luck. what do you mean? It's like, no, no, you guys are on your own. You, you guys are great. You guys are awesome. Good luck. And it's what, no, you said we were special. And then two years ago, the economy collapsed and, and now jobs seem a little bit harder to find. Like, Oh no, no, just, just pick yourself up by your bootstrap. You know, it went from this weird dynamic of like, everything was about self-esteem. And then all of a sudden it was like, figure it out. You know, well, and, and, you know what the hard part is? Because when your parents tell you, right, uh, you're special, you're this, yeah. you're that, at one point, your boss won't give a fuck about how special <laughs> no, you are. It doesn't how, matter. How your mother thinks you are. Your mother thinks you're special. Great. I think you're a fucking idiot. So <laughs> who cares, right? So yeah, we have, and, we have and, this idea. And, and like I tell my son, my son has an extreme talent in music. Right. And I tell him, Noah, you have a lot of talent, but if you don't work hard at it, it exactly. ain't going to go anywhere. Yeah, but and and that's where that's where some of us got lucky. Um, I I got lucky in that I fucked up a few times. So, my my first year in college, I almost flunked out, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm special, but only if I make it work. And then like I um. I didn't get kicked off the basketball team, but I got knocked off the starting lineup. And that was like another one of those moments where it was like, oh, okay, I'm special unless I don't work hard enough. And then suddenly I'm less special. And there, there were these little like eye-opening moments. But I think somehow between my generation and this next generation, they went from trying to protect your feelings to being like trying to protect you even when you fail. Whereas the, the millennials got this like, weird participation i don't i don't think that's as big of a deal as people make it out to be i feel like we were told we were special but when we fucked up they were like all right well do better you know like they weren't well, harsh on us but they still told we, us we were wrong when we when we look at the millennials i think it's the parents fault because we, yeah. we're the ones feeding them this shit, <laughs> right? i right. don't like, like i mean i talk to my son like a man I, yeah. I don't talk to him like a little boy 
I'm a little bit rough sometimes, but yeah. I'm like, look, I, and, and I do it to, 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 to prepare him for real life. You know what I mean? Now how, how old are your kids? I just have one boy. He's 11. He's one boy. He's like, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a tough age. I don't, I don't know where that generation's going. Um, yeah. but you know what? I'm, like I said, it's funny because sometimes people hear me talk to him and it's like, and, 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 and here's the thing. He respects me. Right. He respects me. He looks up to me. And this is a little bit crazy what I'm going to say. And some people might take it out of context. He does have a little bit of fear. I think it's important. There's a little bit of fear. Yeah. He knows yeah. that, hey, that shit won't fly with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't you ever disrespect me ever yeah. again. I don't care if you're my son. You know what I mean? That used to be that. common. You know, I, I, I grew up with a little bit of fear from my father and he definitely grew up with a little bit of fear from his father and his father was pretty like low key and easy. Honestly, it's probably his mother that was scarier, <laughs> you know, but you, you go back a generation or two, there was always that, that little bit of fear that you had and it made you respect them more. So no, I, I think, uh, I think that's missing in today's generations. Um, I'm going to do a video on this soon. I haven't written it out yet, but I think the greatest problem right now is the lack of, of assertive male father figures. Totally. And, and, the, and in some cases, like the guy is completely gone. And it's really easy to say it's the Supreme Court's fault. It's the, it's the family court system. It's the woman that left. There's a million reasons. It's not just one easy to fix answer. See, I, I, I'm going to say this probably people I personally know maybe will. No, they'll I, say I, it. My, my followers will probably like you for it. <laughs> my, my, one of the reasons why I got divorced is because yeah. I couldn't be the father I wanted to be with my ex-wife. Why means, couldn't you be that? Because she she always kind of used the fact that she knew I, I didn't have the best upbringing. Yeah. So it was always like, well, you don't know how to be a father. You never had one. Well, you, you, you don't know. I, I was raised better. Therefore, you know, and it was this idea that she's the female and she knows much better what the, what the child needs right. than what, what, than what I, I'm going to give them. She, right? she would kind of manipulate you. And, and she would, she would manipulate me. Yes. In, into thinking that I won't say like, right. I mean, to a certain extent, yes. She also, we, 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 um, we had different upbringings and different visions of how we wanted to raise. Right. And mothers are always more protective and the fathers right. are always the ones who are going to say, get up kid. You're okay. You could do it. There's a little bit of a balance in that and that's perfect. Mm -hmm. But when it swings too much on one side and the father yeah. can't tell his wife, like, look, you know, he's a boy. Don't worry. He's going to get up. Yeah. Then there's, then the father shuts down. He lets the wife or the mother take care of the child. And then, you know, you're, you're raising a, 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 you know, a, a little, not plastic, one of those, you know, glass Like a bubble balls. boy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a bubble yeah. boy. And I'm like, and, and, and then you're, 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 you're raising to with, uh, this child with entitlement, thinking that yeah. he's the greatest, he's the most beautiful, he's the most kindest, he's great, he could do no wrong. And then eventually he realizes that shit, like, I mean, I, I've created this false world around me. Yeah. And I've always said it. One of the best decisions I ever made as a father was getting divorced because I, the instant, I, just this is an actual true story. The first time I was with my son alone, alone, alone was when I got divorced. The, the lawyer said, you're going to be with him this weekend. I remember he was three 
I'd never been alone with him, like took him alone. It's, it it's scary, alone. isn't it? So I, I'm like, I'm looking <laughs> at him. I'm like, okay, what the fuck do I do with this kid? I was like, <laughs> I'm like, shit. And I remember I, I, I'm in my Jeep. I put him in the back. I'm looking at him. I'm like, okay, what do I do with him? <laughs> I took him to McDonald's <laughs> to the park and I'm looking at him. I'm like, you know what I mean? I, I, I yeah, I do. Death, but I, I never had spent that time alone. And now it's like, I was like, okay, now I can raise him the way yeah. I want to raise him. You yeah. know, um, but two years later, he was doing jujitsu. He was doing Thai boxing. I did whatever the hell I wanted to do with him. And I always say it was the best decision I did for my son. And because I never got any of that stuff, I, I you know, I, you know, I, I, I say this openly. I told my parents, you know, I, I told them, I said, everything you guys did, I will do the fucking opposite. Everything, everything you didn't give me, I will give my son and I will not use your shitty life and my shitty life is an excuse to pass it on. I go, that vicious cycle ends with me. So was it your father that was hard on you? That was vicious to you? Or was it both of them? Or was your mom like kind of the silent partner? Uh, uh, my mom was uh, like manic depressive. Yeah. A borderline disorder. Yeah. A bit of paranoia. It's like, I've never actually shared this. I've never, I'm starting, I don't say all the stories, but it's only now that I realize that she is, she's been on Xanax and Valium for like 30, 40 years. Her brain is fried. She was, you know, if you want to call it stoned, she would work, take her Xanax, be abusive, swear at us, scream at us, you know, shit on us, then tell us she loves us. And then an hour later again, you're stupid. You're good for nothing. I should have never had you. So when you're it's, a kid, you're like, what the fuck's going on? Why am I so, what's wrong with me? And it only, it took me many, many years and only a few years ago to realize that she's mentally unstable and sick. And it doesn't show because you don't physically see the pain, but in here, she's not well. Right. And as much as I try to show the compassion towards her today, I still can. So I see them once or twice a year, but I've kept my distance from them because at one point, I can't, I'm very picky with who I leave in my circle. I tell people like, you got to get rid of toxic people. It doesn't matter who they are. And it's the best thing I ever did in my life. I cut people out right away. You want to stay in my life? Great. You're, you're with a soldier. I will take a bullet for you. I will do anything for you. But if you take advantage of my kindness or you see it for weakness, or you try to step on me, you're gone. Click out. And there's no second chance. Yeah. I'm very harsh like that. I think that's uh, I think that's an underrated quality. I, I've seen this in a lot of people. Um, my my ex wife was uh, BPD, kind of a similar thing where she had drug problems, and at times it was like legal drugs. So it, it puts you in this awkward position where you start talking to somebody that's normal, and you explain to them like, "Oh, she's got this addiction to this drug," and they're like, "Oh, it's a heroin." I'm like, no, it's these uh, opiates. This you know years ago, so. They hear that and they're like, well, are those illegal? And I'm like, well, they're not, but she's using them wrong. And they're like, well, so what? Sometimes I take too much Tylenol. I'm like, I don't, I don't think you understand what's happening here. And it, it becomes this weird kind of conversation where you can't explain how crazy it could make somebody. Like, they don't, it's, it's like alcohol is legal too. You know, there's nothing wrong with drinking a couple beers. But there's a big difference between drinking a couple beers and drinking 10 beers multiple times. And you see that in the way that a person 
you know, acts. And, uh, you know, I think it's very healthy to set boundaries where, like, look, if you want to be in my circle, here's how it works. But if you're going to act this way, you're out. And it's hard when it's family. That's, that's a real trick. It's, it's tough when it's family. I think everybody needs to learn that. It's one of the yeah. most important things. Like, yeah. I mean, for every listener, everybody I know, and I say this to my son, like, you know, if people, you, we teach people how to treat us. I tell yeah. them, no, remember that. Do not allow anybody to disrespect you. Yeah. But at the same, you cannot ask for something you don't give. Yeah, exactly. If I cannot give it. I cannot ask for it. It's as simple as that. So if I ask for respect, I give respect. If I ask for kindness, I give kindness. What was that moment where you realized that you deserve better than the treatment you were getting? What made you realize that you deserved respect? How did you flip that switch? Because most people get stuck in that stage where people treat you like shit, and then you start treating other people like shit. Like that's very common where people get stuck in that cycle. You know, I'm going to tell you, this, your viewers and listeners are going to love this. I attracted many toxic women. And I realized that stemmed from the women like my mother I attracted. I attracted the abusive, angry, you know, unstable. And I'm not saying we're all a little bit unstable. We're all a little right. bit crazy, but there's levels to it. Right. And I realized that I'm attracting women that resemble my mom to a certain extent. And I don't want that in my life anymore. I don't need to attract that anymore. Why do I keep doing it? So that was one thing because they're not in my life anymore. Because I, I, like, I realized that I can't have that relationship with them. As, and I've tried. But when my mom had cancer... I didn't speak to them for five years or four years when I heard they had cancer, you know, and she was good for about two weeks, whatever. And then she went back to who she was, but she can't help it. She's not well. Right. And right. instead of going to get self-help, basically they just fucking medicate people. We live in a society where everything's yes. take a pill. You're depressed. Yeah. Take a pill. You're anxious. Take a pill. And I tell people, I go, guess what? People tell me I'm depressed. I don't know why I start talking to them. By the end of the conversation, I said, you know what? I'd be depressed too if I were you. What do you mean? Sounds pretty shitty, your life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But they get hung up on, how do I fix this today? Whereas most solutions are going to take 30, 60, 90 days. I don't you know. know. what? I was, I was in a marriage where I was unhappy. Yeah. I was working at a hospital where I hated my job, making 30 grand a year. Uh my health had deteriorated i was broken down i was sick i didn't have communication with my my son i would go to the groceries i would work 12 hours a day go to the groceries and look at the cans for two hours so i didn't want to go home wow right so and when i decided to just change my life i built my business i got divorced i lost half my shit i slept in a one bedroom i locked myself in a one bedroom, I lived in a one bedroom, right? Right. And I drank for two days. I almost drank myself to death, I remember, because I was so much pain, I couldn't handle it. And I remember I, I got up that morning and I'm fucking hanging over. I, I was like, I thought I was going to kill myself. Like, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I'm looking in the mirror and I said, Nick, 
you've been through so much shit. This is not what's going to break you. Yeah. And then I said, fuck it. Put on my shoes. Or I said, fuck it. You know, and, and I built my, you know, I worked back on my business. My business fell. Boom. I wrote down my goals, my plans. I started writing everything down. I started, you know, you know, I was working with my coach and my therapist. I started becoming a better father. I started training. I started focusing on the people that I care, cutting out all the toxic and shitty people on my life without even explanation. I just block, delete, don't answer the phone. Fuck yeah. you. I don't give a fuck anymore. Exactly. And you went from focusing on all the dark shit and, and you you found the right stuff to focus on. You, know, you, you got your business, you got your son, you got back uh, getting yourself back in shape. So you, you found all these better things to focus on when it's, I think so many people get stuck in this trap where you start focusing on all the negative shit that's happening. And then when you focus on that, it's like, if you ever take um, a pen on a piece of paper and you try to draw a line, that pen seems to find its way wherever you're looking at. So, you know, if you're looking at the bottom, you want to draw a line straight across, the line goes down. If you look to the right where you want it to go, the line goes where you want it to go. And if you start focusing on the negative shit, your life just magically seems to find its way to the negative shit. And when you start focusing on the better things, somehow you find your way to this better shit. It's, it, it, it sounds like magic, but it actually you know, happens. I, here's the thing, right? Right. People who know me now and are around me constantly, and, and I'm with an amazing like woman, like, like just unbelievable right yeah and um she like she, she we're together almost every day and, and she sees i'm always in a good mood i'm always I tell. you seem happy you do I, 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 I and you want to know why because i spent half my life being pissed off being angry yeah. hating the world blaming my, my parents blaming my teacher that told me that i was my, my teachers told me you're dumb you were stupid they told me I'd be surprised if you amount to anything when I left high school, right? I had all the odds against me to ever make anything of myself. So anybody who's watching or listening to me, like I am the living proof. I talk, I, I coach people online. And I, I mean, sometimes people come in the street, they recognize me, you know, I grew up, I'm like, so what's your story? I grew up in a poor neighbor. I go, me too. My parents were abusive. Me too. Well, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't have a high school. You know, I don't have an education. I didn't, I didn't finish college. I didn't finish high school. I go, buddy, what's your excuse? I, yeah. I, I, it, with me, it doesn't fly. It doesn't. Right. I've never taken medication, anxiety, depression, nothing. And I've had, I've been through depression. I've been through anxiety moments. But here's the difference between me and most people, I, I believe. I didn't have a choice to shake it off and move on. Because, you know, people tell me what motivates you. I have no choice. If I don't get up in the morning... My mortgage is not being paid. My son is not getting his child support, Mike's wife. I, I'm, I'm the only breadwinner, right? Yeah. So I got to yeah. make shit happen. Whether I like it or not, rain or shine, if shit hits the fan, I'm getting up and I keep moving forward. And if I'm that grateful today, uh, if, if I'm that grateful today, it's because I've been in the other side of darkness. Yeah. And I say to myself, fuck. It's, 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 it's been such a good ride. And now, like I said, not a lot of shit scares me. I'm like, yeah. And that's funny how that happen? happens. <laughs> what's going to happen? I, I like I've that. Lost, I've lost my shit. 
I've been like practically bankrupt or I've lost. Yeah. I've fought in the ring. I've got my ass kicked. I fought in the street. I got my ass kicked. Yeah. I, you know, I, you know, one of the greatest stories I'm going to tell you, you're going to laugh, right? I remember <laughs> I'm at the lawyer's office. Right. I paid $30,000 of lawyer fees. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And without any help now, no parents to support me, no money. It's like, I got to fucking come up with 30 G's to pay her. And I'm sitting at the office and I'm paying her. And I remember like, yes, I'm going to fuck. And I'm crying. I'm tearing and I'm shaking. And she looks at me, she goes up to me, uh, you know, Nick, uh, it's going to get better. You know, I go, uh, I go, Gilen, I go, uh, do I get a shot of vodka with that? or a drink? <laughs> and, and, and I'm crying because I'm trying to make the best out of it. I'm trying to make yeah. this a fucking joke. She looks yeah. at me and she goes, you know, Nick, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be all, all right. You know, you're going to be good. Like, don't, don't, don't worry. And I remember I was like, and there was those moments where I said, maybe I should have stayed in my relationship. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should have stayed. Wouldn't it have been I, easier? It would have been, but I said, fuck, would I be a miserable bastard today? <laughs> and I tell this, my, my quote on my Twitter is sell for nothing less than greatness. Yeah. Because I tell people, when people tell me, oh, it's not that bad. I go, guess what? It's bad. Yeah. I tell people, is it great? Not, it's okay. It's okay. It's pretty shitty. Is it great? Is your health great? Is your mindset great? Your relationship, your relationship with your, with your kids, the people around you, is it great or is it okay? Are you settling? Because to me, settling is a form of a spiritual suicide. It's like, it's like every day you're cutting yourself. Yeah. Because you're no, just I, settling on some shit. I, I try to explain this to guys all the time. There's, there's a, um, there's, a, there's a million quotes about it. I, I don't even know who said it first, but this line of uh, men are living quiet lives of desperation. I, I forget who said it. It gets misquoted all the time, but I, I think that's incredibly common. And there are so many people, and I can say this honestly because it's been, I will admit it, this has been me at times. There, there's, it's so easy to find that girl and be so happy that she will put up with your bullshit, that you will put up with all of her shit just to stay with her and magically somehow if you decide to make yourself better you start getting in better shape you start feeling more confident about yourself maybe you start working on your own little side gig and actually making a decent income suddenly you feel better about yourself and you don't want anything to do with this horrible life like i i spent so many years with women that were just not good enough for me and the worst part was i thought i wasn't good enough for them and i think that's most men that you you nailed it man you fucking nailed it and yeah. and you know this is what i tell men is build yourself yes irrelevant of your yeah. wife or your girlfriend yes. build yourself this is what i'm gonna teach my son build your career yeah. build your life build everything around you yeah. not around the woman because if she leaves everything falls apart yeah so i look at it i i'm the driver of the car you want to come in the passenger? I'm more than happy to have you on the ride. Yeah. You don't want brake? Get out of the car. Next. That's yes. my new thing. Exactly. That's my new thing. And it's not to be like, oh, well, you're a male chauvinist. You know, you're, I'm not macho. <laughs> I'm not at all. No. If you met my girlfriend and, 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 and like I treat her amazing, but she treats me the same way. 
I don't get into these relationships anymore. And, and I'm kind of like, very like, like, you know, when, when we started dating, I was very clear with her. I have rules, expectations, clear and cut. I don't accept you swearing, screaming, disrespecting me, lying, playing games. Yeah. If you do that, out, instant, yeah. like the wind, you're gone. No I, second um... chance. And here's the thing. What I'm asking from you is I'm committing to you as well. Yeah. I like that. I think um, I like what you said about the swearing and the screaming. Now, you know, if the girl is going to like trip over something and, and she says, damn it, that's something. But yeah, if, she's, that's fine. if she says, God damn you, that's a very different kind of swearing. And I think, um, go ahead. You nailed it. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I love that. I'll let you go. because yeah. I think it's so important. Well, People, I, when I say that, yeah. they say, well, it's swearing. No, like, I mean, if I'm like, fuck, shit, you know, TV doesn't fucking work. That's different. But if I had a bad day, yeah. right? Like, like if I had a bad day and I yes. just, like, my girlfriend's always like, how's your day? I'm like, good. I love what I do. I love, I wake yeah. up every day. I love what I do for a living. I like the clients I train. I love the stuff I do. So I, I'm like, you know, so much of what you're going to do, I tell people, is pick a career that you love. Because yep. if it's shitty, it's going to affect everything else around it. You yep. come home, you're in a bad mood. You're going to bitch. You're going to take it out on somebody. But if you love what you do, you're going to come home. And you're like, hey, how's your day? Good. Yeah. That was no. fun. Uh, Trains on clients. 100%. Yeah, I, I've gotten into days where I'm like, I'm not having a good day because something happened with work. And, you know, I'm, I'm being cranky. And I start getting moody. And, and the girlfriend knows it. She sees it. And when I was younger, I was less in control of this. And it would become this thing where I would affect everyone around me. And I, and I would be mean and angry and I would hate myself afterwards. But now, you know, I, I figured it out. And now I know that like, okay, things are bad. That's okay. I'm just going to go throw some weights around for a little bit. I'm going to go for a run and I'll be fine. And there's, there's times where it may not seem convenient, but I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go run for, you know, five or six miles. I'm, I'm just going to be gone. And the girlfriend's like, yeah, okay, go ahead and do that. And you know, she doesn't necessarily want me to be gone. She understands that that's part of my process now. And I come back, she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I feel great. <laughs> and it, it just, you have that communication yeah. with her and you have that standard and it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, like you know, if, if let's say you have a bad day and yeah. you come in and you tell your wife or your girlfriend, babe, I'm having a really bad day. I just need to let it out. It's not, you yeah. know, I just need to let it out. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go just, I did this and she did this. You let it out. You're good. Okay. Let's go. Fuck it. We'll move on. That's it. But especially especially as a man i think men need that physical outlet we, we need to get some kind of outlet every every monday i um so i, I know you're big into taekwondo but every monday um i go and i help assist with the kids class in karate and i do my own class and then afterwards we have our own training class where it's um it's, it's a small group of us that are like really into working out where we're training basically for spartan races and it's only on monday where we do that spartan race training so i get to work out with these people that i really like we get to work out really hard and like bust our ass i love mondays i wake up on a monday and i am excited everyone's whining about it i'm like this is the day where i get to work out with the people i love and have a great time like this is awesome 
you know? you know, if you could wake up on a Monday, like, I mean, I always go back to when I used to work at the hospital. Yeah. And I used to work from 7 a.m. to 3.30, right? And right. like I said, I used to hate my job. I used to fucking wash toilets. I felt like I used to put on my janitor uniform and I used to see my dad. I'm like, what the fuck? And I remember I was cleaning the toilet and I'm thinking, is this my fucking life? Yeah. Shoot me right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and, and I had to do the transition to build my business while I was working at the hospital, two jobs with a newborn. If I, if I tell you I was pulling 12 to 15 hours a day, plus doing the groceries, plus I was the only breadwinner in the house, it was a lot. Most men would have cracked. Yeah. I, I lasted for a few years, but then I couldn't do it anymore. But I remember that feeling of... It's Friday, you're excited. It's Sunday, you're like, oh, shit. I don't have it. Every day is a fucking great day for me. Yeah, I can but tell. Here's, here's the thing. I built this. That's what I told people. I built it. It just didn't happen. I am today who I am. Over years of molding and breaking and cutting and putting and pasting and spending thousands and thousands of dollars with an amazing coach and therapist, because when I was like, what, it was 24, 25, when 20, around there, where I was like, literally, you know, I, I was completely broken down. And when I met her, she fucking changed my life. She really did. And she, her approach as a therapist is not, she's not like, oh, poor, like I, I saw a few before I picked her. And she's like, she's not the type who's like, oh, poor you. How does it feel? How does your emotions feel? You okay? <laughs> she's like, yeah, I get it. And what are you going to do about it? Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I spent 15 years with her, so I've molded into that as well. So all these people always come to me now. Like I have all these unhappy married men who come to me. They're like, bro, how did you know when you were going to get divorced? How was it with the kid? I'm like, I'm like, oh, shit. And one, of my, one of my friends, I know he's on the brink of divorce. I'm like, bro, I go, look, I know your wife. Just get ready because she's going to take you to the fucking grind. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of, it's hard to explain because once you've been through it, you look back and you're like, that's, that's over. I get it. And um, usually one person doesn't see it. Uh, yeah. But, but once you've been through it, you can, you can kind of tell. And it, it sucks because you can explain it to the person. And most likely they're going to hate you. They're going to call you jaded and they're going to say that you're being an asshole. But really it's like, look, I'm, I'm trying to save you a lot of hurt. And after the hurt, I'm trying to save you a lot of money. You know, I'll, I'll never forget what my lawyer told me when I got divorced. Yeah. She goes, Mr. Drosos, it's only when you get divorced that you found out who you really want. <laughs> yeah. I love that line. I'll tell you why. Because people will tell me, well... Divorce is not pretty. It brings out the worst in people. No, it doesn't. It brings out the honest part of the person. <laughs> it brings I, out who's the fucking liar, scammer, I, crook, bullshitter, yeah. manipulator, and I had um, I had the same deal. I uh, so so me and my ex-wife. And I'm not. I'm not saying this is in my case. <laughs> no, it's, it's everyone. I'm not in the mood to get a lawyer's letter. I, I'm done. I'm good. If, if, if you ever want to understand the dynamics of a divorce, go talk to a lawyer because they've done it, right? So, you know, no, I, I went up. This this is the honest to God's truth. And like today I explained this to people and they're like, oh, you, you hate your ex, don't you? I go, I don't hate her. I, I, 
get along with her pretty good. We've got a decent relationship, and, like, we got married. Like, I don't know why people expect us to hate each other just because it ended. Like, at some point, it was okay. So, like, it shouldn't be hateful. But me and me and the ex-wife went to the lawyer together to split up because we both agreed together that we were better apart, and we were happy with it. And I'm trying to explain this to the lawyer, and he goes, okay. And then we talk for a while, and he kind of splits up, and he looks at me, and he goes, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> and I'm like, that's <laughs> they know. They know. And, man, that's fucking funny, because I say shit all the time. Yeah. Because and, and he was right. I, I, know, I know, guys. I go, no, oh, my wife is different. I'm like, yeah? We'll see about that. You know, yeah. Step into the case. I, I know a few people who've gone divorced. So it's, it's been good. But I've also seen some guys, and you know what? It's fucked up because we live, you yeah. know, and, and I don't give a fuck what I say, meaning I, I, I say based on my experience, and if there's a feminist who watches this and tells me, well, I want to debate <laughs> you, let's go, honey, okay? I don't mind. We'll do it. Because yeah. I know enough men who've lost their kids, yeah. who don't see their kids, and these are great fathers and great men. Yeah, exactly. Because the system, in many ways, is against us. Yes. Yeah. So when I hear shit about how it's unfair, I'm like, yeah, really? Go through the divorce system and you tell me how fair it really is for men and for women. Yeah. You tell me how it is to pay alimony, child support, yeah. how, you know, you can't even ask your wife, well, where's the money I'm giving you going? You can't, you're not allowed no. to ask that. It doesn't go to the kids. Why? It just goes to the woman. Why, Hopefully why, the woman spends it with the kid. Say, yeah. Show me the bills of yeah. where you're spending the money that goes for my son. Yeah. I, I think this is my case. No, this it's is not my case. It's common. They just—it's weird. They kind of just assume that the guy is, you know, this Fred Flintstone kind of guy that makes a lot of money, and then the woman's the one taking care of the house. And <laughs> I had a funny moment in my divorce where they were like, "Well, you know, you guys built this house together." And I'm like, "Well, I paid for this house," and she goes, "Well, she took care of the house," and I—I I forgot I was in court. I I forgot I was on court. I kind of let slip. I go, apparently you haven't seen my house. <laughs> it was just a mess. She wasn't taking care of it. So. Yeah, like, she was taking care of the house. Fuck, I should have hired a maid in that case. Then she I, tell me she's taking exactly. care of the house. I should have paid her. She was a maid. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm with the babysitter. So, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> But it's it's true, you know. It's it's such a strain. I don't know. I don't know how what the I I complain about the family uh, court system all the time. It's it's unfair, and uh, you know, if you're gonna complain about the system, you're supposed to bring a solution, right? And I, I don't know if I have one because there isn't one. Because there's guys like us that do the great thing, and, and maybe the woman wasn't so good, but but for every guy like us, it's actually like the breadwinner and taking care of the kids and, and being a good example. And you're clearly being a good example. There are the deadbeats out there that make it hard for us to make our case. I, I agree, but you know what? And there's also bad mothers. But yeah. Like, oh yeah, we, absolutely. We, we, like, we don't, we don't, we don't want to talk about that. You know what I mean? We don't talk about yeah. the bad mothers. I guess mothers. a little touchy, doesn't it? <laughs> or the gold diggers. Cause I know a lot of gold diggers, man. I know a lot of gold diggers, man. I, I, yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm surrounded yeah. by a lot of wealthy, successful men yeah. that I train. And, you know, they're, there's, argh, argh, they're there for their money. It's not there because I love you, dear. It's all in the name yeah. of love. You know what I mean? And again, people might shit on me out for this, but it, I no, you'll be tell fine. you, again, there's some great women. Like there's, you know, it, there's both sides in it. And I think yeah. the important thing I tell people is 
you become the man of who you want to attract. Well, here, here's one thing that I don't, I, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And I don't know how to explain it. Maybe this is the moment. Uh, when I was younger, I, I was always looking out for the hot girl at the bar or the girl that was sexy and she was interesting and she was fun and she was funny. And then one day a switch flipped and it wasn't until after I had a kid. And I, I started thinking and I'm like, wait, that girl with a really big rack, how would she act if my son knocked over a cup of juice? Like, would she be a good mother? It never occurred to me when I was younger. And, and like, I don't know how to explain that to a younger guy. Like, you don't need to only look for the girl that's the most fertile because that's where your, you know, monkey brain is thinking. Like, is she going to be a good mother? And I, I don't think a 24-year-old man is even considering it. Look, man, when I, you know, I, I was a bouncer. I was in a yeah. bouncer in the, the coolest clubs in Montreal. I used to wear a fur coat. <laughs> fucking drink outside. I used to get all the girls. I swear to God. I mean, one yeah. of my ex-girlfriend was, I, her name was Cindy. She was half Italian, half Pakistani, 5'11". I yeah. used to walk down the streets. The car used to stop and go like this. She was beautiful. But she was, she was also a great person. One of the nicest girls I dated. Right. But I also dated... Like, I mean, when, I, when you're young, you're like, oh, my God, she's hot. What a <laughs> But you're not, you're not thinking. Yeah, exactly. Now, at my, at, you hit an age, you're like, great. Yeah, I got to be attracted to you. Yeah. That's important. It is. But I don't need the bombshell. Yeah. With, like, if you, uh, do I, I kind of look at it like this, right? Like, okay, she's got to be, like, what are the, what are your priorities? <laughs> Yeah. Right. My therapist made me write the 50 things the 50. woman has to have. Yeah. 50. Find as many things that oh. you want. So, yeah, I wanted her to be Greek. It doesn't matter if she's not Greek. I wanted her to be. To You're be Greek, kind. right? That's fair. Yeah, I'm Greek, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted her to be kind, caring, uh, you know, uh, smart, independent, right. independent. Right. Yeah. You don't want. Here's the thing I tell men. You want a girl who wants you but doesn't need you. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing to sell on a guy though. They they but want that you. like desperation. They want that like you want to know why? Because men pick a girl that needs them because they feel that they're gonna get control over them. Yeah. So they're like, she needs me, therefore she won't leave me. But ironically, when they need you, you're like in less control. <laughs> Absolutely, because at the yeah. end. She's got you by the balls. Exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, if, if a, a good relationship to me is where I don't need you, you yeah. don't need me, we choose to be together and, and, and grow together. That's a healthy relationship. It's a rare it's a relationship, relationship, but it's healthy. Yeah. It's very hard to find because most people are not happy with themselves. Yeah. They're codependent. So because yeah. they're not happy, they're always trying to find a partner who's going to fulfill their happiness. Who's going to complete them? Who's going to help them find the fucking unicorn? I tell guys, get that shit yeah. over your head. Focus yeah. on you being happy. Yeah, it's funny. There's like, um, you know, the red pill. You ever hear about that? Yeah, like, I, I read his book. Yeah. Um, Rolo Tomasi. It's actually, yeah, after, after I like part of the book. I, I, after my yeah. last relationship, I read it. 
Yeah, I think when you go through a rough relationship like that, I think it's one of those books that gives you a lot of perspective. Um, but the idea of like that unicorns in there, you know, you get that one-itis, and I think a lot of guys get hung up on that. Yeah. Look, I, look, you know what? When you don't believe in the one-itis, you also believe in uh, in there's many ones, and yeah. it's for you to pick the right one for you. Yeah, I, I remember watching like the Bronx Tale when I was younger. And getting like hung up on that, you know, and uh, I forget the name of it. There's some mafia guy in, in the Bronx Tale was talking about. He's like, you only get three shots. There's three women that come in your life, and like I'm watching this as a 12 or 14 year old kid. I'm like, makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, it's actually true. Like, I mean, I've only yeah. had three or four. The, the concept works. It's not 100. percent you know, I've had girls like, you know, like in my life in and out, but there's only three or four that actually marked me. And I look yeah. at my relationship today and for now at this moment, it's the most uh, balanced relationship, but it's because we're two people who are very well right. with ourselves first, independently. Yeah. There's yeah. no codependence. We don't need it's each other. <laughs> so hard to explain to people that you need to be alone for a while and with you know well, I, i'm gonna share something with you okay yeah. sorry i'm cutting you off no go and ahead your audience is gonna fucking love this because i've never <laughs> shared this with anybody i don't know why because i like you i can just i feel your energy and it's like so i'm happy I to hear up, it <laughs> when i broke up with an ex-girlfriend this was the most toxic relationship i was ever in right to the point that like i mean there was you know to the point where she fucking like smacked me and hit me. Really? Shit. Yeah. Pushed me, this and that, challenged me to fight. It was a they, like, they're they're out there. I know. Yeah, it's like it's like and obviously I was like like I mean slamming the door, going crazy. Obviously I didn't touch her. I teach women self-defense. <laughs> right. I teach women how to defend themselves. But it's kind of funny, right? Because she can hit me. Obviously yeah. I can't hit her. If you hear right. the story, somebody would laugh at it. Yeah, and they will. Oh, she hit you. But other way it's, around. It's, and it usually is kind of funny sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But, Which is horrible. Because it's, it's, you know, and finally I got out of this relationship, which was probably the worst relationship I've ever been in, but the one I learned the most about. And after that, I realized I needed to stay single. And I remember my coach told me, now you're going to coast the ship and you're going to learn to be alone. You're going to learn to eat alone go to the movies alone, sleep alone. Yeah. For two years, I was wow. alone. Not one date, one kiss. Wow. I didn't even sleep with a girl for two years. I was a That's... fucking ninja, man. Yeah, you were a monk. I was like cleansing my soul. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's commitment. That's impressive. Bro, I didn't have sex for two years. But how much did you learn about yourself through that period? Every man should go through it. Yeah. Yeah. Every man should go through it because after that, you're not afraid to be alone. Yeah. You're like, what? You don't you, you don't want to be with me? Oh, come, come, let me walk you to the door. Thank you very much. <laughs> bye bye. Click next. It's it's weird when you start like doing things alone. How natural it feels. I um, I I used to live in this apartment where it was like just above um a movie theater. So. I, I have a Friday night where I was bored and I would, I'm like, I'm not doing anything. None of my friends want to do anything. And I can look out my window and see what time the movie starts. So I, I would throw a beer in my jacket or two. And now I would go down six flights of stairs, walk out the door. And I was at the movie theater 
I mean, it was literally, I'm, at, I'm sitting in my couch. I could watch Netflix. And within three minutes, I'm inside of a movie theater. It was that convenient. And like, when it's that easy, you're like, oh, watching movies not that hard by yourself. And you start getting to know. It's like, that's kind of nice doing things by yourself. You get to appreciate who I, I you used, are. I used, I still, like today, like, I mean, yeah. I have to go. So I go alone. People are like, oh, you can go to the restaurant alone. I'm like, yeah, why? Yeah, sit at the bar. So I'm going to come with you. I'm no. like, no, I'm good. I love it. I yeah. travel alone. I travel alone. I go to restaurants yeah. alone. I don't. Yeah. No, I'm, just I'm, it's completely normal. People, man, people make it seem like it's weird, but it's not. To me, when you can be alone with yourself and your thoughts, yeah. Some people can. Yeah. It's it's like how are you going to learn to be? <laughs> you can't be with somebody else if you can't be with yourself. Yeah. And if you want to learn how to be alone, you got to be alone. You yeah. No. Look in the mirror. You got to write down some questions. Yeah. You got to analyze yourself. Think, think of what you're thinking and write it down. Some of the best moments you'll ever have. Like some of the most like insightful moments. This this past weekend, I ran a Spartan race. I ran a, a 13 mile Spartan beast. And awesome. I, I, it was, it was, a, it was a beast. <laughs> this was a rough one, but uh, I went, Spartan, by the way. Hey, there you go, man. I like that. Do, do you run the races? Yeah, I run it. No, but my my uh, my grandmother's from Sparta. That's why. Oh yeah, because you're actually Greek, right? Right, yeah. right. That's amazing, man. Uh, but anyway, so I I went to um to uh, Asheville, North Carolina. I say with air quotes, because uh, it's really in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina. But uh, the the couple that I went with, they um they were, uh, what do you call it? Volunteering the night the day before, and I had to finish some stuff up. And I'm like, I'm just gonna hang out in town. And like, we're gonna be gone for like several hours. What are you gonna do? I'm like. I don't know. This town seems kind of cool. I'm just going to walk around. I'll probably have a beer. I'll probably have a coffee and I'll, I'll just have a good time. And, and they were like, are, are you, are you sure? And they're like, let me text you the address of the hotel. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'll be in town. Like you guys call me when you're back. And you know, and they, they called me up like six hours later. They're like, where are you at? I'm like, Oh, I'm hanging out at this bar. I've been writing this notebook, having a couple beers. I'm having a good time. Like I, I'm okay being alone. And I, and I had a great time. I really did. And it's nice, especially being somewhere where you, don't know anybody because no one's going to bug you. No one's going to harass you. You can actually like be alone with your thoughts. You know? I, I hate sometimes like I'm, I'm in a place alone. Yeah. I, I want to be alone. And then people see me. They're like, Hey, yep. Nick, what's up? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to hide the bandana. It's like my uh, Clark Kent glasses. You know, I can, <laughs> I can take that off. No one knows who I am. <laughs> but, but I think, like I said, I always tell, and, and it's it's kind of, I, I want to teach my son the same stuff. Like, you know what I mean? I want to teach yeah. him, Noah, learn to be alone, learn to love yeah. yourself, learn to respect yourself. If you don't respect yourself, nobody else will respect you. It's as simple yeah. as that. Well, and, and when, you're, when you're comfortable being alone, you don't get that desperation. You don't feel like you have to find the next girl and you rush it and get into a toxic relationship where it's like... Some girl shows up and maybe you're desperate and you see her and you're like, you know what? I'm good. I can, I can be comfortable on my own. I'll wait for the right one. And it, it, it's like, it just, you know, you see, you see the red flags they're doing yes. this, and you're like, oh. wow. Okay. Let me just move I, it out of the way. Second I, red flag. I, I see no him way. after the divorce. <laughs> I'm like, okay, there it is. It's time yeah. for me to go. Yeah. When I, when I was 19, those red flags, I was looking at them with rose colored glasses, you know, <laughs> The love, the love goggles. Oh, she's the one I love her. Oh, she's gonna, yeah. She's going to make me so much better. She's going to oh, complete God. me. 
oh fuck, I hear that shit when I smack somebody. It makes me, yeah, it makes me really uncomfortable when people start saying, especially the younger people, it's like, oh, you got to find the right girl before college where they all get snatched up. And I'm like, well, don't rush it. Because in my experience, most guys ruin it by getting the wrong girl too quickly. You know, don't, don't my, make my them pressured. Theory, and maybe I'm wrong. Men should not yeah. get married under 35. Even 40. <laughs> I'm with you. is right here. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll get yelled at by somebody, but I agree. <laughs> but that, but, but again, this is maybe from my experience, yeah. or, or at least your career and where you're going in life should be set yeah. before you get married. Yeah, I, I agree. I, um, I look back at myself when I was younger and I'm like embarrassed. I'm like, yeah, look at that pudgy faced idiot. He didn't know what he was, <laughs> he didn't know what he didn't know. And then, you know, the other thing is like, I got hung up on the idea of I'm going to have family, I'm going to have kids, I'm going to be at this place. And I wasn't thinking about my career, where I was going to go. And I think to a lesser extent, the same thing with women. I think women in college should not be like in love with some girl or some guy because they're, they're going to be focusing on the career and then they're going to be with some, you know, frat boy that they fall in love with and he's going to go to Chicago and she's going to have some career in Boston. And then what if she gives up on her dream to go to Chicago and then he bails on her before they even graduate, you know? And, and, and this is one, this is why I always tell people, uh, male or female. Yeah. Uh, especially I'm going to talk to the men cause I can relate more to men. Exactly. Uh, like build, build, like, I mean, you, 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 you set your goal and your plan. Don't change it for anybody. Yeah. Like yeah. it could maybe shift a little bit, but don't change your career and your plan and your life for yeah. somebody. Cause if she leaves you, you yeah. resent you. You'll be angry at yourself. You'll be mad. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. You want to come on board? Great. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's set. no, I, Completely agree with that. And I, and I live that. Um, I actually. <laughs> and, and women, sorry, and women will respect that. Because they will. They usually. want a male who's more yeah. or less alpha, who knows what he wants, where he's going, who's got yeah. a purpose. You know what I mean? If you want to attract, like, I mean, sometimes I, I've, met, I've met guys who are like, they're out of shape. They're, they're fucking, they're lazy. They're like, I don't know many of these people because most of the people around me are to a certain extent. Yeah. have the same values I have. Right. But I know guys like this and I'm like, wait, you're not athletic. You sit at home, you're lazy, you're not ambitious and you want the beautiful supermodel who has, you know, the six figure job. Are you fucking delusional? Like, <laughs> well, what do you tell those guys? So, because I, I get some of these guys that will talk to me and I, and I see them every day and they're becoming more common. Like, what do you tell the guy that's, you know, like you said, out of shape, delusional, he's, he's spending most of his days playing video games. Like, because, I think some of those people think they, they're always going to be that way, but they don't have to be. Like, what, what do you tell them to change their life? You, you know what? Here's the thing, right? Right. Uh, one, it's like, you just, you know, you just got to tell them straight out. Yeah. You know, like, look, man, you're out of shape. Yeah. You don't have a pot to piss in. You're playing video games all day. Uh, yeah. You have no career, no future, no goals, but you have these big dreams. <laughs> It makes no sense. Right. So what you have to do, what I do is I take a paper and a pencil and it's like, let's write them down. It's almost like an algorithm where you're actually showing them that what you want, where you are and what you want doesn't make sense. Okay. That At makes a lot point, of sense. You gotta just, first, you got to make them realize it. If their ego is too big, you got to say, well, obviously you're not ready to change it yet. When you are, you let me know. Right. When you're ready, I'll work with you. Let's do it. 
Then on top of that, which you, as well as you need to learn, and I'm the proof of that, you are the creator, the engineer, the designer of your life. Shit's not just going to magically fall. Get up off your ass. Right. Put your priorities. Okay, make a list. Like I have my priorities, and, and this is, I'm going to share it with you. Priority number one is work. My work comes before my son. People tell me, well, what do you mean? I go, what the fuck's this kid going to eat? <laughs> exactly. What is he yeah. going to eat? This idea, oh, well, you know, the child comes first. No, my career comes first because I have to support this kid. I have a mortgage to pay, a car to pay. He, I take him to Greece every summer. I travel with them. Yeah. I want to give him shit that I never got. So, yes, my work comes first. 100%. The second is my immediate, no, my personal development, my personal growth, working on myself, coach, acupuncture, therapist, whatever it is, my health. If I'm strong and I'm good, guess what? I can give. I can yeah. take care of others. Third are my sister, my son, my girlfriend, and then they just, they go down. And once you figure those out, then you know, okay, where does my energy go? Before I go have a drink with a bunch of friends at a bar, it's because all my priorities are met. Because that's the bottom of the list. So my work comes first. After you, I have another podcast and I'm training something. Yeah. Right? And I, yeah. I was up at 4.30 a.m. <laughs> Me too. Well, five, right? but yeah. But yeah. I love it. I don't Me feel too. it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. You know, I, people make fun of me every once in a while. I, I, I got this group of people I talk to on Twitter all the time, and I'll joke and be like, "Oh, I'm having a beer." You know, don't don't let the other people know because you know we're supposed to never drink alcohol, right? And they go, "Yeah, yeah, you, you can have a beer. Shut up." Because I know I'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning, and before I'm even awake, you'll be done running ten miles. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you got to see what you can do, what you can't do, and uh, and I love the idea of putting yourself first because. It sounds weird to say you should put yourself before your kid, but what does your kid do but watch you? You know, like, but you see, I, this look, this is this is out of the train of thought. Yeah, what I say because I, I can only talk. Look, I don't have a high school education. I didn't get the child in parenthood and loving parents. I didn't. I'm mostly self-educated in everything I've learned. I have a lot of fucking life experience, man. I've lived yeah. fucking 10 lives, man. I mean, I'm fucking, sometimes I'm exhausted. Yeah, and, and, I it, and it shows. Life, I can tell. I'm like, but I gained a lot of knowledge. So at the end, anybody could tell me, well, Nick, you're wrong. Like, fuck you. This is what worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. This is what worked for me. What worked for me yeah. is Nick is number one. I need to be number one because if I'm going to give and take care of others, I have yeah. to be mentally strong, physically yeah. strong. I have to be able to provide for my family. And I need that. So that is my priority. Well, right? and, and, and your kid's watching you, right? So like you got into karate when you were at a young age, right? And and now what does your kid do? He's also into, uh, was it jujitsu? Was it taekwondo? What is the, yeah, yeah jujitsu. Yeah. All right. So I, um, I did it. I did Taekwondo as a little kid. I went through the ranks as a kid and got to be a black belt. And, and now I'm doing this again as an adult. So I'm, I'm like a red belt now. Uh, but I'm, I, I'm doing it to get my 11 year old or 12 year old now. Um, he needs a discipline. He needs to understand that 
you know, he can sit at home and play video games and have nothing to show for. Dude, or that shit, man. I know. But he's he's starting to get into the whole karate thing where he realizes that if he works hard in karate, and, and more importantly, he's learning that if he doesn't work hard in karate, he doesn't get rewarded. And that's what's been really interesting to watch. And he, he gets upset about it. And I, I don't know. You're probably better at this than I am. But how do you explain to, like, parents how um, – instrumental taekwondo or martial arts or any kind of a physical sport can be to a kid like it, it teaches them so much you know you know what number one they're in a group setting yeah right two um you know the the, the teacher doesn't give a shit about what your parents think a good teacher me personally right. I'm like actually yeah. sometimes i've trained i train kids and the parents only privates and the parents sits there and they're criticizing the kid i'm like stop i'm like yeah. i'm gonna ask you to leave yeah because it's, it's, it's my session, his session with me and him. You're not yeah. helping. Right. Three, it's going to help with his self-confidence. Yeah. Right. Hopefully the, the instructor is not okay. You suck, but you're going to get a belt. No, you got to train harder. Right. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a competition. Guess what? You're not all first place. There's a first place, a second place, a third place. Yeah. I, and I like that. I love that assertiveness. I didn't, I didn't realize it. You didn't yeah. make it too bad, too sad. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Because later on in life, your boss won't give a fuck about your feelings. Yeah. That's the fucking truth. Yeah, so um, I... I, I, uh, think, and, I think from ahead. somebody who was fucking flipping burgers at McDonald's <laughs> at 16. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I um, I, I started um, doing this Taekwondo thing for a while, and, and now I'm, I'm assisting and teaching. So I, I, I know so little compared to most of these people, but it's given me this this window into understanding the way they, they teach the kids. And one thing that blew my mind is that, like, the big thing for a white belt to go to a yellow belt was not about the stances. It wasn't about if they listened. It wasn't about if they did this or that. The big thing was if they could yell loud and assertively and they they hammer that on the kids like hey make sure you're loud make sure you say hot really loud on that first move on your form make sure you say yes sir really loud and i didn't understand why that was such a big deal until it was explained to me as as a teacher and the idea is that if somebody wants to kick your ass and you're a little kid and you look them in the eye and you're loud and you're confident 60 percent of the time that like ends the fight like the, the boy doesn't want to fight the kid that's assertive I, it, I, I keep said to my son, look at me in the eyes. He, my son wouldn't look at me in the eyes. Yeah, and most people won't. I'm like, no. Like, and now, if, you, if I brought my son to you on air, yep. he's like, he'd be talking to you like this. I, I was doing a podcast, and he called me. He goes, can we put your son on the podcast? I'm like, sure. <laughs> he's like, hey, who's this? And he starts talking to the guy. What do you think that's awesome. Oh, yeah, he's cool. Like, he's very – and again, but that's because as a father – yeah. They're look they're not looking at what you're saying. They're looking at what you're doing. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't smoke. Yeah, me either. My son's not anymore. I'm gonna freaking slap him. <laughs> I don't care if somebody gets mad at me. I'll be like, no, you're not smoking. You do right. drugs. I never did drugs. You ain't doing drugs. Right. That's Same. one thing. You know what I mean? I used to work in the clubs, bro. They used to give me this shit for free. Yeah. Right? I'm a doorman. I was dealing with all these <laughs> gangs. Here, man, yeah. you want some? I never took it because I always said to myself, Okay, Nick, you don't have a high school diploma. You have no education. You live on your own. That's the last shit you really need in your life. So I never touched it. Plus, I do have addictive behavior. I'm a little right. bit extreme. If yeah, I can see that. <laughs> if I take drugs, I'm going to be fucking eating that shit. So I never touched it. I never touched it. Yeah, 
I hear you, man. I, may, I maybe smoked 10 joints in my whole life. Yeah, that doesn't in count. In my whole life. <laughs> but, like, I mean, but I never did, like, blow or speed or ecstasy. Yeah. I knew if I did that shit, I would fuck it up. And I saw kids, good kids from good families. Yeah. Who pissed their fucking life away on that shit, man. Who yeah. really fucked up their life on cocaine and shit. You know, to the point where they started owing money to like gangsters and shit. And I knew these kids. And I'm like, Nick, you know this guy? I'm like, yeah, he owes us money. I'm like, oh, fuck, what are you doing, man? These guys aren't fucking around. You know what I mean? Don't fucking go collect from your parents. They don't give a shit. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's like, and so I'm, and, and, and I'm coming back, it's like, I, you got to lead by example. Your son watches you teach, he's going to fucking be wild. My dad teaches. He watches you train, he's going to train. He's going to watch you. He's gonna hear you yeah. talk and what you're saying. He's gonna he's gonna listen to that. Yeah, no, so I, I mean, you, you want to be a good father? Don't do the talking. Do the walking. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's simple as that. And it's easy to say. I look back at my life. I'm like, why am I teaching these kids how to do karate? Because that's what my dad did. You know, I, I watched him teach kids how to play soccer. And the amazing thing was, like, this this is back in like the early '90s. You know, like I remember there was gonna be like a soccer league, and they couldn't find a coach and there was, they, they couldn't figure out who was going to do it. So they were going to cancel the whole league or the whole team. And they're like, oh, I guess our school's not going to have a soccer team because we can't find a coach. <laughs> my, my dad goes, I'll do it. And they go, oh, do you want to play soccer? He goes, no, I'll figure it out. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> this, is, this is before YouTube. This is before YouTube. But I, I was young. I was probably like six or seven. But I remember watching my dad. He went to some, I don't, I don't even know how he got it. He probably ordered off the mail. But he had like a VCR or a, a what do you call it? A VHS tape. He put in the VCR. He was watching like soccer training videos and he figured it out. And you know, like I'm not saying they won the championship, but they won games. You know, he made it work. You know what? To me, that is a sign of intelligence. Yeah. I always tell people say yes and figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was an, he was an intelligent man. He, he was the guy that would just kind of figure it out. Like you said, you know, and I, I didn't realize it until, much later in life, but I was the same way, you know, like, I, I didn't necessarily want to be that guy. And I'm like, all right, well, if no one else will, I'll figure it out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny how, um, I, I think a lot of people are capable of figuring it out if they're put in that position where they have to figure it out, you know, somehow well, you just a, find a, a way. A lot, of the, a lot of the times, I mean, um, a lot of the decisions I made, a lot of who I became yeah. happened by having no other fucking choice, man. It's like, yeah shit, I got to figure this shit out. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, you, you know, when you have nothing or nobody to fall back on, yeah, you're like, I can't go crying to my mom and dad. They're, yeah, they're not there. You just, you just figure it out. It's like, okay, who am I going to go to? I don't, I, like, there's no safety net. Yeah. The, the pro, the, the pro, the con of that is, fuck, it sucks. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, and, and you probably just screw it up sometimes, you know, like, but oh fuck so many times <laughs> i've failed so many times bro like yeah. i don't even like to use the word failure because to, like when people tell me aren't you scared i'm like no well what if you fail I, to me like i've replaced failure with i tried something that didn't work that way and i'm just gonna like try that. another that's it it's i like, like that failure. it's like yeah. i tried it this way it didn't work i'm gonna do it this way there's no such thing as failure fail like to me that is like no it just didn't work i'm gonna do it this way I've, I've explained this a few times, but it's hard to understand if you haven't been through it, but the most successful people I know are the people that have failed multiple times. And I, I haven't even failed a ton of times, although we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> but, but, but 
you know, the most like instrumental moments of my life have been through failure. You know, things yeah. where I screwed up or where I was like, all right, I can't go that way. So we're going to go this way and try something different. And then lo and behold, it's better. But had that worked the first time, like, you know, maybe my life would have been a little bit less good. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But you can't, you can't live life with regrets either. You know what I mean? Oh. I, I look at my life and I'm like, I try to look at, you know, and, and I used to be a very negative person. Now I'm a very positive person. I have moments where I'm like, fuck, shit, damn. But like, I mean, <laughs> 80% of the time, I'm good. Yeah. But I try to look at everything that happens be like, okay, how do I turn the shitty moment into a great moment? Yeah. Anything that happens. How do I take this and turn it into something great? What made you and change that mindset? How did you go from... Because most people are kind of like railroaded from a failure. Now I feel like you kind of bounce back. What what made you change? Um, see, the more you, the more you fail and you get up, yeah. Like you know, the easier it becomes. Yeah. To a point where it just it, it doesn't phase you anymore. It's like taking a punch to the face. Yeah. Right. That first, that first punch stings, but after a while, you get used to it, right? <laughs> after after the like five hundredth punch, you're like, eh. okay. <laughs> It yeah doesn't, it doesn't, it's the same thing you know what i mean and i tell people like your mindset the way it's wired right whether it's in self-defense whether it's in the ring whether it's in your relationship whether it's in your life whatever it is you want to wire it the same way i'm a fighter in anything i do so before i throw in the towel i give it everything i have and that wiring is what always keeps me going and I'm, 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 I've conditioned myself, reprogrammed myself through repetition and constantly doing that. I'm always consistent as much as possible with my values in all the areas of my life. So I'm not, you know, like I, I met, you know, I, I met a friend she's a girl I worked with a little bit. She's like this yogi, but she smokes and she drinks. I'm like, kind of doesn't go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if, if I'm preaching being like, you know, like what I'm preaching right now to you, yeah. I, like, I, I won't even say preaching, but like I'm, I'm giving you how I am as a person. You're taking it as maybe I'm bullshitting for all you know, right? Yeah. But then people who know me are like, fuck, people who know me on and off camera, you're really the same guy, you know what well, I mean? Yeah, well, I look at you and it's like you talk about self-defense, you talk about um, Taekwondo or, or Jiu-Jitsu, and, and like I, I can tell by looking at you, you're in shape, you seem like you practice what you preach, even without talking to you, just just at first glance, and I think that means a lot, you know, and it's it's something I battle with a lot, which is, it's kind of funny, uh, but you know, when, when I first started this whole path to manliness thing, you know, I was like, okay, shape, I, I, I wasn't necessarily, you know, the manliness guy but um i would look back three months later and and say i was in better shape than i was and, and that was like the big thing it's like you, you gotta practice what you're preaching otherwise you know people are gonna start saying like wait i don't think what you're selling works because it doesn't even work for you right absolutely yeah yeah no like, i i can sometimes see sometimes it's for you it, it, i always tell people just try to be a little bit better than you were yesterday yeah like just just one inch just, yeah. you know, what, one inch baby steps every day. And it adds up. up. It, it adds up, man. Don't, so. 
don't don't set like goals like i mean every every year before new year's eve i set my goals yeah my objectives i make a graph and i'm pretty good i stick to them but i i set realistic goals right i put timelines and then i set you know the you know the dream goal you know yeah yeah but, I do. You know, and, that, and, and that's there. And whether I get it or not, it's fine, but it's yeah. there. It's a yeah. dream. It's a goal. If I get it, I get it. I, I don't, I don't put so much pressure on myself either to be like, you know, I got to do this. I, I mean, you also have to enjoy the journey. Be like, you know, like what you're building now. It's like, you got to enjoy the process. If you don't, you might as well take off the headphones and say, fuck this shit. I don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for real. I, I, it's one of those things where I, I figured out pretty quickly. And it's like, I, I want to be, a, I don't know where I want to be, but it's always, I want to be a little bit farther than where I'm at. And, um, you know, I look back six months ago and my goals were so, so different. I had such humble goals. It's grown a lot faster than I expected. Um, you know, and I, I think that's, I think that's natural. I mean, how long have you been working on this? You, you act like you've been doing this for a few years now, right? Well, I started my own company and my business, let's okay. say from the day I started my YouTube channel. Right. Uh, it's going to be 10 years. Wow. And I sold myself short. I when I found set the same. my goals, yeah. when I set my goals, and I wish my, my, my best friend George was here. When I yeah. set my goals, I set them short. Yeah. I, I Like two, three years ago, I accomplished everything I wanted on that list, <laughs> and I doubled it yeah so now i'm like fuck nick you really sold yourself short so now i made a list and then i was like the fucking i'm like fuck it <laughs> i'm gonna aim for the fucking fucks for not the stars for fucking pluto i'm gonna go yeah. the fucking way i don't care and oh i get it i'm a lot wiser i learn more about myself and i'm not afraid to set some people are yeah. too scared to set high dreams i think I'm yeah like, they, they fear disappointing shit. themselves right yeah, you can't, you can't, yeah. like, I mean, you can't, you can't beat yourself. That's something I'm very hard on myself. Right. Very, very hard. Now I learned like Nick, I tell myself, Nick, chill. It's okay. Yeah. It's going to get there. One, one thing I've learned through doing this is a lot of people, they don't find the guy that's, you know, just getting started. They find the guy after it's been successful because it's gotten popular enough where they find them. Right. So like a lot of people come up to me now and they're like, Oh my God, your website's amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's amazing today. You should have seen it on the first week. <laughs> you know, it's like dog shit. And you know, like ex explain like what your first six months to a year looks like. Right. Man. But people, awesome. you know, people always see the end result. Yeah. But if I put on a videotape and I said, okay, let yeah. me watch your journey. You'd be like, 80 or 90 percent of the people will be like fuck this shit <laughs> it's but, rough i mean that first six months alone i mean it's just it's just all grinding and what's frustrating is that you, you just don't know like i remember doing it you're grinding this shit and you're like yeah is this thing gonna ever take off I, I, I don't know my time i, I got you gonna know who i am or what i do in january of this year i had more hits to my website than the entire year of 2018 that's unbelievable yeah and that that year i started in 2018 and like those first few months like honestly the first day i got three hits and i'm like 
well, it's not zero. <laughs> you know? That's the right attitude to have. It's not, I'll, I'll take them three. I'll take yeah, them. yeah. It was like the third day, I think I had like fifty because I got lucky, and I was like, "All right, this this is actually a little scary now. I didn't expect this much." And you know, now I look back on it, and, it, and it's just, it's it's so exponential. But I I feel like that first six months or so, you just gotta grind it out, and you maybe you just don't know, but. Uh, most people when I started up. my YouTube when I started my YouTube videos I knew nothing about YouTube I was just posting videos <laughs> I still don't know about YouTube <laughs> I, I never even knew YouTube would even like take off oh like, wow I, yeah my goal my goal was to get 50,000 subscribers I have 500,000 that's, that's a lot between two channels right I have 380 on Nick Drosos and 210,000 on Code Red Defense wow I didn't even know you could monetize this shit and then I was making <laughs> money off it I'm like I still make money off YouTube. And I'm like, fuck, shit. And then I wanted to travel the world and teach seminars. I'm like, fuck, right. I went to New, I did a seminar in New York City. I did one in, in Athens. I did one in Vienna. I'm wow. gonna get to Montreal. I have UK, Ireland, Scotland. I wanna go all these places. I'm like, man, how the fuck did I get? But people don't know. It's 10 years yeah. I'm grinding at this shit. 10 years, man. Like, I mean, I go to meetings and I bring my son sometimes because I only have him on weekends, right? And I have a meeting and I can't miss it. So right. I'm like, Noah, you know, you're coming with daddy, I have a meeting. And he's like, oh, daddy. I'm like, I know, no, it won't be long, you know? I go, just listen. I mean, I'm thinking, fuck, I'm teaching you something. Just right. sit and listen. Does he appreciate you know I mean? it at all? Or is it, is it like, I wish I was home playing Fortnite? <laughs> yeah, Fortnite. I, wanna, yeah. I almost broke the daddy meeting last time. I was like, smash it, I'm done with it. I'm gonna pour in your ass. Stop playing this shit. But I mean, I, but at the end, he he. I want him to be part. I want him to listen. Just you know, I I grew up playing video games too much and and chasing girls and playing sports, all that stupid stuff that doesn't really matter. And my dad was very intelligent, and very successful, and I didn't think I was paying attention until I went to college because I had the same major he did, and then I started taking tests and I was killing them. I actually set the curve for one of the tests in the class of like 600 people. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Like I, I definitely did not have the best grades, but I, I did set the curve in that class and you don't know what you listen to. So like, even though he's sitting there and he, maybe he's not paying attention somehow, like a little bit, he's paying attention more than the kids that have the deadbeat dad watching. The you know, Giants you know play. what they, they're like, I mean, they're listening to what we're yeah. saying, man. I don't, they do. They're all lots like kids today are sharp. They're really yeah. Sharp. They're a little bit, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to say, but I mean, it's only normal. Like I look at my son, he doesn't have yeah. the urgency I have. I don't think any of them do. I don't think they need to. It's just their lives are too to. comfortable. They don't, they don't have the survival. I mean, yeah. I was 11 years old doing the groceries on my own already. Yeah. Yeah. It was well, like, even even I like I, I grew up like with a silver spoon, right? But like I remember my dad explaining to me one time, like, hey, if you can't find a job, it's okay. I'll just let you work for my company. You can stay at the basement. I'm like, oh shit, that sounds horrible. <laughs> and that, that was my motivation. I'm like, I don't want to be the kid that stayed in my parents' basement because I couldn't find a job. <laughs> so I, I went on like 20 interviews until I found one that would they would take me. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it's for me, like, I remember growing up, right? Like, I mean, when I was 13, my dad's like, you know, and my mom's like, well, now you got to start pulling your weight. I'm like, yeah. yeah. To me, it was normal. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Because I didn't know, right? So I was, I was working. It should be, like, it should be normal. I'm 13. My dad's taking me to watch the buildings from 48, right? So I was going to school and I was washing. I was, remember, I was waking up, 
I was tired. I was exhausted. I was in class. I was fucking falling asleep. And, and then at seen when I got settled school, um, that's when I basically kind of got kicked out and dropped out at the same time. And then I remember I wanted to go back to high school a couple of years later. And that's when I was diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia because I couldn't figure out why the fuck I can't learn this shit. And they wanted to put me in Ritalin back then. Right. And I remember I was, it was maybe 18 or 19 around that time. And I remember telling the doctor, I said, doc, look, call me dumb, call me slow, but I'm not putting that shit in my body. Good for you. He goes, yeah, but you need it for, to focus. I go, you know what? I'll, I'll figure it out, man. He goes, because I remember asking him, I go, how does this work? So I take the pill, I get smart. I'm off the pill, I'm dumb. I, I, not I'm really. clueless now. I'm clueless. I'm just like, he goes, no, you take it and you're able to focus and concentrate better. And what happens when I'm off it? Well, you go back. I go, yeah, but that really doesn't solve the problem. He goes, yeah, but that's your best bet. You need it. I'm like, eh, I'll fucking figure it out. And I never took it. Yeah, yeah I think that's smart. I, I created my own system. You know what I mean? I, I Man, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, I, I look at all the kids that took Ritalin growing up, and they didn't seem to do better than the other ones. No, because yeah. it, it, all it does, it numbs and slows down your nervous system. Yeah. Guess what? Eat well, fucking exercise. Yeah. Stay, stay away from from unstableness, like like yeah. toxic or uh, unstable homes, because that creates a lot of trauma that makes a lot of sense yeah so you need you need calmness so look i'm like a pit bull i need to fucking train yeah no i get it hit i need to i um i need yeah, it so eat. i eat well i exercise i listen to positive things i i am surrounded by positive people i meditate i practice my gratitude as much as yeah. i could and i'm fucking calm man i'm good i i um i don't i never want to say i get I'm I'm bad at saying I don't get things because I probably do, but I would say I don't get anxiety. But at the same time, like when I get a little rattled, which is probably the same word, um, I have to meditate. I just got to sit there and and breathe, and and then uh, five minutes later, I'm okay. You know, and that's that's amazing. Yeah, but that, it, it took could, it took me thirty years to figure it out, though. You know, it's amazing that you could do it, that you could say it, and I think that everybody. Meditation doesn't have to be sit and breathe. It could be just yeah. closing your eyes and, yeah. and, and going to a good place in your life, visualizing yeah. something, writing a goal, being grateful yeah. for something, and, and and like a car, right? When you yeah. Know, it shifts, right? So you just gotta like like just my coach kinda... says. Be, my coach always tells me, "Be kind to your mind." I like that. There's there's these weird things that I do a lot of that uh, for so long, like society kind of taught me not to do. Um, one of them was meditation. Another one was yoga. I used to, um, my girlfriend would like leave the house. She would go somewhere and like she would, she would be gone and I would sneak off to the computer and watch yoga videos and then do yoga. You know, and it, it was like, I was like, cheating on her with yoga, but I was so embarrassed that somebody would watch me doing it and I wasn't committed to it yet. I wasn't sure if it was like something that's going to help me. But then like after I'd done this for like two or three months, she wanted to do yoga and we started doing it together. And she's like, how do you, how do you know how to do that pose already? <laughs> she's like, wait, why are you so good at this? <laughs> I've been sneaking. On you. I'm a yoga instructor on the side. She, 
She probably thought I was like cheating on her with a yoga girl. You know? <laughs> I'm like, no, I just, I, I, I thought about getting into it. I, I got moments. I can do like the crow's pose, but I need to get back into it. I haven't done much. I, I still do meditation, but I've gotten away from the yoga. I'll tell you what, yoga helped me out when I started doing Taekwondo for the first time and uh, sure. doing like crescent kicks and all those like high kicks. Man, I, <laughs> I probably would have hurt myself if it weren't for yoga. But well, um, look, you know what? Like, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer. Like, I mean, I don't take medication for anything. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I don't even fucking take an Advil. I broke my ribs uh, in June, like really bad because I've broken them a few times. Yeah. And they wanted to put me on wow. painkillers. I'm like, no, fuck it. I didn't take anything. I tucked it out. And Good for you. I mean, unless I really it's need hard, isn't it? I won't. I'm, I'm the same way. I won't do it either. I'll go to do acupuncture. I'll see an osteopath. Yeah. I think a lot of mental toughness can get you through those moments. Cause I, I had a similar, I had an eye surgery, uh, three years ago. <laughs> this is, this is a weird story. Uh, I'm only 32 and I was 28 at the time, but I had a retinal detachment in both my eyes okay. and multiple times, uh, the doctors came up to me and they're like, are you in the, are you, uh, in MMA? And I'm like, no, like, do you, do you fight often? Do you get into bar fights? I'm like, no. Like, do you, do you have a lot of like head trauma? And I'm like, I, I played football in high school, like 10 years ago and they couldn't figure it out. And they're like, I don't, I don't know why you're, it doesn't matter. But like my mom had some issues with it. So maybe there's some genetics too, but it's still strange at that age. But anyway, so I, I had to go have eye surgery. I was, I was literally going blind and um, I got lucky that I caught one of the eyes very quickly and it's, it's a hundred percent perfect. <laughs> the other, the other eyes, not great. Okay. So, um, it's it's actually one of my eyes and I, I i never admit to anybody in public which one but one of my eyes is a little bit of a blind spot and every once in a while when i'm sparring somebody will jab me and i will just never see it and i have to lie oh, and i'll just lie i'm like i didn't see it coming that was, that was a good move but in reality i just my eye was not capable of seeing it but i don't well, tell you anyone need to tell them because i don't tell anyone <laughs> exactly exactly right but it, so i go through the surgery and it, at the end of it they're like oh you're gonna wake up with some pain so here's here's a prescription for some whatever and like this is back when i was married to my drug addict wife and they're like oh, okay i'm gonna be blind for a day and i'm gonna have these hardcore drugs I'm like no 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 <laughs> the script up right when they gave it to me i'm like i'm not taking it i'm like i'll take some tylenol i'll figure it out you know Actually, I, I was in I a lot of pain for like eight hours and after that i was okay i only took painkillers once i only took painkillers once when i was 18 or 19 the first time i broke my ribs like really bad yeah and i remember it was like the first time i felt like what it feels to be on drugs it was really strong and i was like it's a fucking i was like this I was like, it's a oh, weird God. feeling feeling i was like I don't like it. I, I've done Vicodin. That's probably the hardest kind of drug I've ever done. I, I don't really, this is a, doesn't really agree with me. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily get the good effects of it. I just don't feel great. I just feel woozy and out of it. So I'm, yeah. uh, all right, man, I, 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 man, it was a blast talking to yeah. you, but I gotta go. Yeah, perfect. This is a good time. 50% off, you know, just... Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I also have uh, on my program, I have a program, yeah. like a self-defense program and all that stuff. Uh, and I'm offering a 50% off. So I'm... Uh, Perfect. I'm, gonna, I'm doing this for Black Friday till Monday, but then I'll send you okay. a link for your people too as well if they want. And I'm actually going to give you access to the program as well for free so you can go and watch all my videos. I have like all my self-defense stuff in there. I appreciate I that. Videos. 
Yeah. It's really good stuff. And I'm actually, I, I made a self-defense program for kids now. Yeah. That's going to be in there too. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to send you all that too. We'll definitely get these links all in the podcast and everything. And we'll, we'll put them up on my Twitter and all that. So this, this is awesome. I, I, Nick, it's been great talking to you. Man, it's amazing. Are you in New York? You're in New York, huh? No, I'm in Tennessee. You're in Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I got I, I, have you heard of um, Real World Self-Defense? Sounds familiar. I don't know him. No. Okay. He's a Krav Maga instructor. He came to train with me all the way from Tennessee to here. He came to no weekend in June. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he came. It was like fucking cool. We trained together. It was, uh, that's, it was that's really cool. Instructor I, took, I took a really small amount of Krav Maga when I was younger. I, I learned a little bit of it, but I've done much more Taekwondo and a little bit of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Well, when you mix all those and you put some of the Krav Maga principles, they're fucking yeah. awesome. You know what I mean? Exactly. And on my side, I have all that stuff too, you know? So, Very cool. Man, it was freaking awesome talking to you, man. You're, yeah. You're, you're a cool cat, bro. You're cool, hey, man. Hey, thanks, Nick. I, I, I connect with people like this sometimes. Like, I mean, it depends on the podcast, but it's yeah. like, I mean, I could have went, went, went for a couple more hours with you easily. I easily could. Well, we can do it again if you want some time. For sure, I'd love that, man. Yeah, I'd love to do it too. That was great. All, All right. right. Take care. All Thank right. you guys for everybody Th- listening. Thank you, Nick. Nick, where can they find you, by the way? Uh, best place is to go on my website, nickjosel.com. All right. And we'll website. post all the links to that. And then uh, your, your uh, social media, YouTube, is pretty yeah. prominent. Yeah, so we'll post links to those down below. Awesome. Right, Thank you, Nick. Right, this man. is a great time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Pats Millionaires podcast, be sure to write us a review. That way we can reach more men that are lost and need direction in their life. And if you feel that you are lost and you need direction in your life, or you simply are looking for brotherhood, a sense of belonging, a place where you can be a man, a traditional man, and be around other men who are motivated and working to build something themselves. Check out patreon.com slash pathsmanlinist to gain access to the private Discord server where you can connect with other highly motivated individuals.